This is Omar Ahmed for IFL. What? For IFL Seabian Association for MTK Global, I'm joined by the main man at Cruiserweight, Lawrence Okoli. Uh, how you been? Yeah, I've been all right, you know, just uh, back in training and stuff like that. So, um, I mean, I'm, yeah, back in training, so I'm just working towards a hopeful date and uh, I'll be getting it within the next week or so. We'll talk about that in a second, but good day filming down here with Wiley, Joe Weller, uh, some geezer called Eddie Earn as well. Yeah, I didn't actually know what I was coming for. They just said I was some filming for Matchroom, so I just kind of um, came down and obviously when I got here, I realised what it was. It was yeah, it was, it was good fun. It's good to see like people who are doing their own thing that are interested in boxing. Uh, is Yeah, it's just it's, it's a blessing to be here. It's interesting when Eddie was asking what you want in life, everyone kind of gave detailed answers. Yours was very simple. <laughs> You've done everything so far you need to. You said become world champion at Cruiserweight, which is your next fight, and then go up to heavyweight. Oh no, sorry, you said become unified champion at Cruiserweight, then go up to heavyweight and become heavyweight champion of the world. Very simple. Yeah, I mean, in my, in my profession, my profession's only, until I'm what, 34, 35 max, you'd think. Um, so it's a very sh short space of time if you think about it. And what I want to achieve is quite tangible in boxing. Do you know what I mean, obviously there's money and like profile and stuff like that. But in terms of actual accomplishments, it's like being an actor, winning a BAFTA or an Oscar or whatever. So it's quite clear what is to be achieved you get coming from. I'm on paper, so I'm just looking forward to seeing how far I can push it. Is it hard making cruiserweight for you? Um, no, it depends how long I have. Um, I mean, physically, it's, I've you know, done all the scans and stuff like that. It's quite, it's quite standard as long as I eat the right food, do my cardio, the weight comes off quite easy. But I enjoy eating, I enjoy you know, eating bad food as well. Um, so it takes a level of discipline for me to kind of you know, do the right stuff to make weight. But I think it's the same any boxer. If you train right, eat right, you'll lose fat and you know maintain lean muscle so it's all the same it's just how, dis how disciplined I am and how long I have. Lawrence it's no secret that Glowacki's set to be your next fight for the world title but we haven't got a confirmation of date venue do you think that could end up overseas in America for example? Yeah I think most likely it is that's what the main things I've been hearing is, is going to be overseas um, but yeah standard. Uh, Glowacki Southpaw experienced customer yeah. have you studied much of him so far? Yeah, I've watched you know four, four or five of these fights early on when um, it got when I heard it was going to get ordered. I started watching him. So I've watched him, you know, back when he was 27, when he was 26, 25, 28. You know what I mean? Um, obviously now he's a bit. Old, I think he's 33. He's still, you know, physically in his prime. But um, yeah, I've, I've watched a lot of him. But once I get into camp, I don't really watch that much. I just kind of stick to okay, this is the rough style. He's a southpaw you know, slightly shorter, moves in this pattern, moves in that pattern, what, what kind of stuff do I want to, within myself, but what kind of stuff do I need to do, do you know what I mean? Simple tactics. Out of all the Olympians, you're the one moving at the quickest pace. I'm not even talking about just Rio, I'm talking about when Joshua came out the Olympics, he didn't even move this quickly. What you've done is incredible to basically wipe out 90% of the British domestic scene and then go to the European title, where let's not forget, many people were kind of like, oh, we're not sure if Lawrence is going to pull this off, this might be too soon. You obviously dispatched of even Garbu, um, and now you're fighting for a world title. Is it kind of sunk in how quickly you are moving? Um, yes, I know. I mean, I try not to get too caught up on like, oh my goodness, like, yeah, look what I'm doing. I do it for the post because it's good on social media to be like, yeah, look what I did it. But in reality, you know, it's like I expected to win, do you know what I mean, the British Commonwealth European and become a world champion. You know, I look back to interviews where I said, 
this is what I want to do. It's a blessing, obviously, to have achieved this to this point. But if I stop boxing now, you know, uh, the money will end. The people will forget that I was a European champion. So I need to do stuff that lives with me for life, become a world champion, you know. Um, and I always feel like if you're young and able, you should do. Because I don't want to, OK, I could box my world title now, but I'll wait, you know, maybe do it in a year or two. Now I'm a world champion at 29, when I could have been world champion at 27, and had more defences and won more belts. So, you know, that's kind of a thought process. Well, listen, Lawrence, wish you the best of luck against Glovaki. Um, I do want to get your opinion on two fights. Uh, firstly, someone you sparred before Tyson Fury going against Deontay Wilder. I know you've been asked a million times. Yeah. Just give me a, a simple breakdown of the fight you think wins. A uh, simple breakdown, it really depends on if Fury actually adopts the um, puncher style or, can, or goes back to, you know, his usual kind of boxing move. Um, I think that um, if he boxes and moves and he's kept his conditioning going, um, building off the Wilder fight, building off all these other fights. I think that he's very hard to hit with more than one shot at a time. So he'll be able to kind of outmaneuver and outfox Wilder exactly the same as last time. If Wilder tries to be more patient, it's the same exact thing. If he tries to work harder, it's probably worse for him because what um, Fury's really good at picking off people. So I feel like stylistically, Wilder hasn't been getting better. He's been getting good knockouts, but he's always got good knockouts. But he hasn't, he hasn't like, let's say, um, learnt from past fights and maybe tried boxing a little bit better. He just knows if I time the right hand right, if you, if, you, if I catch you on the end of the left and the hand the right, it's going to land. So um, I feel, long story short, Fury will be able to outbox him if he goes to... But if Fury decides he wants to have a tear-up with him, I feel like that kind of plays more into Wilder's hands because Fury punches hard. You, like everyone says he doesn't punch hard, but he's... 18, 19 stone. 6'9". Like. Yeah, so if he if he actually stands there and throws... No one's going to stand there with their chin in the air and let Fury hit him. So if he stands there, um, he, it more plays into Wilder's hands because Wilder does have that one-shot knockout power, so you don't want to stand there unnecessarily, but I'm sure Fury will know what to do in the ring. OK, and also uh, former king at your weight, uh, Alexander Ruzic, obviously now at heavyweight, uh, rumoured to fight Derek Chisora. Yeah. Oh, that's a sick fight, yeah. I feel like, obviously, you've seen Chizora get outboxed and stuff like that before, but I feel like um, that's him not at his optimum. The way he's been training late, the kind of performance he's brought out, be it the Spilkar, etc., etc. Uh, as much as I think Uzzik's better than Spilkar, um, I feel like we're going to find out a lot about Uzzik and a lot about Chizora. Chizora on his A game, can he put enough pressure and pick the right shots to kind of get to someone like Uzzik? Or is Uzzik going to be able to outbox him? Is Uzzik's power gone up at heavyweight? Has his speed gone down? Well, it's an exciting fight. I really look forward to that if that happens. Well, listen, it's a big year of boxing already shaping up. See, for yourself, it's massive. You've got a world title opportunity. As I said, best of luck wherever it is. And I'm sure we'll be there catching up with you, all right? Thank you, thank you. Appreciate thank you, Lawrence. Yeah. Gold Star Promotions is proud to present Floyd Money Mayweather. The man himself is coming to the UK for his UK tour. February and March 2020. For all info and tickets, Gold Star Promotions, the host of UK. While we've got a chance to speak to you, we want to ask you about a couple of other heavyweight matters just quickly. 
Anthony Joshua next out is going to be either against Kubrat Pulev or uh, Alexander Usyk, apparently one of his two mandatory defences. Who do you think presents the tougher challenge to Joshua out of those two guys? No, um, no, I haven't looked at. I don't know, I'm not sure about if Usyk's the same fighter that, that he was at cruiserweight, now he's moved up to heavyweight. And um, Pulev, he looks a bit past it right now, like a, like a fight there for the taking, really. To, you know, I don't, I, I'm just speaking from you know my opinion, but I think out of the two of them, Pulev looks like the easier option. But or even use it because at heavyweight, will he be able to deal with the size difference? I don't know. So yeah, but it's an interesting one because you're not coming up in the era of a dominant heavyweight champion in the mould of a Mike Tyson or someone like that, who I know you admired when you were growing up. Do you see it as kind of wide open, even at the very top level? Yeah, there's all there's flaws and. And, and, and gaps and no one's absolutely technically complete yet either you know the champions out of all the top boys so there's definitely flaws and definitely you know you know opportunities there for up-and-coming fighters like myself and obviously February 22nd BT Sport box office you got Tyson Fury against Deontay Wilder big big fight probably the biggest in the heavyweight division this year unless something else gets made later on that we're not expecting what do you expect to happen in that? And do you think it'll be different from the first fight they had? Um, uh, I, I still think it's going to be a top fight, whatever the result is going to be. It's going to be, you know, two, two of the number one fighters in the world putting it on the line. So um, I'm not really interested in what the result is. It's going to be a great night either way. Do you think that having experienced Wilder's power in the first fight, albeit survived it, Fury will be even more mobile this time around? Or, or do you take with a pinch of salt his talk about, I'm going to stand toe-to-toe, -to -toe, knock him out in two rounds? He might go for it. You know, he could go for it and, you know, make it a all-out slugfest. And, you know, it could be over within three or two rounds. That'd be amazing. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, um, either way, it's going to be a top fight. Uh, I see them both really putting on the line and they've, they've beaten most of the top guys around them. So... Yeah, it's going to be an excellent fight. Can you pick a winner? No. <laughs> no, I've stayed clear this time. And pick them, you know, I'll let the public do that or the other, whatever, whoever else. But um, I can't. It's just going to be an excellent fight. Brilliant. Well, we really appreciate your time. Thanks for finding a space in a diary and uh, look forward to seeing you next out, hopefully in April. Radio Rahim with the Gypsy King, Tyson Fury. Uh, everybody saw you in the hot tub this week. Uh, a great interview by Lance Pugmire. It, it caught my attention that you said sometimes you wake up at 6 in the morning and you're already depressed and you have to fight through that to begin your day. Does that ever happen to you on fight night? No, I've never had it on fight night, but, you know, there's probably always a first time for everything. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. See if it happens in this next fight. 
uh, you know, you have a relationship with Ben, and you talked about how much that helped your mental state at the time and coming back and all that. Switching trainers, does that relationship carry over to the new trainer, or do you still not need that kind of help anymore? Yeah, he's babysitting me on a daily basis, Sugar Hill. He's uh, rubbing me back and uh, reading me bedtime stories <laughs> and all that sort of stuff. The stuff that he's never had to do before. So, yeah, this is big-time boxing. So And, you know, my feet do need a little tickle now and again. <laughs> You know, so, when, you, when you're messing with a guy who's mentally unwell, then you can expect mentally unwell behavior and actions. So, yeah, you know, crazy stuff in camp. And lastly, Tyson, uh, this second round of press conferences and the second fight, you guys have been much more cordial, you and Deontay. Yes. Some barbs, but there seems to be a friendship, uh, respect there that wasn't in the first fight. What's changed between how you feel about the man from the first to the second fight? Um, you know, he's still the same old guy, same as me, and, you know, doesn't have to be all insults and um, and sentences all the time, going back and forth, each other ripping each other to pieces. You know, we're the both best heavyweights in the world at the minute, number one and number two. Um, you know, we're going to throw down, and the best man's going to win on the night, and there'll be no excuses from me, and there'll be no excuses from Deontay, and that's it. That's all she wrote. You said you only got three fights left, but when you don't have anything to do, you worry about your mental health. How do you stay out of the ring if that's the case, and what do you do to keep your mental health good after fighting? Well, I'm going to have these three fights and then I'm going to go and do what I do best. And that's masturbation seven times a day. Check out my uh, new lotion, uh, Easy Stroke by GK. Radio Raheem with Easy Stroke. Yeah. Gypsy King. Sponsored by Hydrate. <laughs> Tyson Fury. Nothing to talk home about, dedication, sacrifice, one day after another. You know, training camp's a pretty boring place. Eat, slay, eat, train, sleep, repeat, nothing else goes on. You know, for this one, I've even took out Diet Cokes, which has been quite difficult. Because I usually have around about five, 600 Diet Cokes per training camp. <laughs> really? But this one, I've not even had one, so yeah. All right. Really dedicated. You're really dedicated for this one. Deontay, in terms of your dedication, I know you just came out off of that, that last fight against Ortiz. You got right back into the gym. You, you made a quick trip to Rome. Um, how are things going? Uh, hey, things are going amazing. You know, I'm the happiest I've ever been in my life. And, uh, it's, it's an amazing feeling, especially to be in a place where you came from and, and, and where you are now, you know. Uh, 
So I'm happy, and when you get a happy Wilder in camp and, and getting ready to prepare for a, a, a big fight February 22nd, you can only expect nothing but great things from him. That's what. You in the past have mocked his lineal title. Do you respect it now? I still don't. I, don't, I mean, I don't, I don't, you know, if anything, people talk about the lineal and say, so, well, I never really heard it until he, he, he talked about it. Nobody really talked about it. I didn't see it. I mean, a lot of people say Linus Lewis is the lineal champion. I guess if he come back, we'll have to. So, you know. so, do you have a response to that? Fuck to the Maras. I said to you, Samara's won six heavyweight titles. How many heavyweight titles have you won? So, whether you want to say lineal, it's bullshit or whatever. No, it's a historic title. I don't expect you to understand it. Oh. I'm a historian of boxing and it goes back a long way. So, whether you want to admit it or not, it's really unimportant to me because your belt's going to be on the line. So, that's up for grabs. If you don't want to win mine, then I'll just win yours. Fantastic. The thing about it, you can keep it. When I, when, I, when I knock you out, you can take it back. You know, like I said, Thank you. we ain't seen the lineal. Where is, the, where is it? The lineal doesn't have a... Uh, Besides the belt that's holding us the fans, what a belt? The belt I've got on is um, actually Gucci, not a lineal. So what a lineal? lineal? The lineal, I carry around in my presence. Oh, uh, okay. When Visible. you look at me, you're looking at a lineal. Visible. And I have 12 round, a 12-round championship fight with nothing we can't see. Nothing we can't feel. That's why it's on the line. We can't even get emotional attached to it. We don't even know. She ain't even pretty. Well, the thing is, you don't need to see something to believe it's real. That's we true. both know that. That's true. So, that's, that's why we believe in fate, right? So the lineal championship is sort of like fate to boxers. Mm. You can't really see it, but we know it's there. Mm. And if you believe it enough, good things will happen. Mm -hmm. you know? We're both on agreeance on this thing. Yes, you agree on something. <laughs> Pudi, I know one thing that you probably won't agree on is who has a better resume. Do you believe you have a better resume than Deontay Wilder? Come on, Tyson, be real. I'm always real. I'm always real. Uh, always. That's a fantastic question. And it depends on what, what, which angle you're coming from. You're looking at a man here who's knocked out 43 opponents in a row. Now, even if I hate this guy, I've got to respect that. That is awesome. You know, I've never met anybody before who knocked out everybody they ever fought. That's absolutely... Including you? Including me. You didn't knock me out though, much, did you? <laughs> <laughs> Nearly. We're not quite there. That's what we're having a rematch. But yeah, um, Jonte's got amazing power. And no matter what, what it comes to verbal blows or anything, you always have to respect him. He's 10 defences. He's beat Lennox Lewis and Mike Tyson and all these guys record in defending the belt. So he's done a fantastic job here in the United States holding his title, defending it regularly. And, and congratulations to the guy. Uh, I've got nothing, I can't take anything from him. He, he's a great puncher, he gets the job done. People say, oh, he can't box, but you know, I wouldn't mind being a shit boxer if I could win 43 in a row by knockout. <laughs> yeah. So and my my thing, I've beat some guys as well. Um, I beat I beat obviously a long way in the champion of Klitschko. Some people say it wasn't the most exciting fight, but at the end of the day, it was about winning and getting the victory for me. That's all that mattered was victory on these big occasions. And I beat a few other contenders along the way as well, 29 of them to be precise. Um, so yeah, we've, I've won six belts as well. So you know, it, it, this is why it's a, an eagerly anticipated fight, and people want to see who's the best. And, and I do as a boxing fan, and so does. Deontay. I know he does. This is why we're throwing down. This is why I respect this man because in a lot of other weight divisions, especially in our era, we're the only two undefeated warriors. We turn pro at the same time. 
We're still undefeated the same time. And we're going to put it all on the line yet again for the fans. The fans are the only real winners here. In the last press conference, and I agree with you on that statement, the fans are an incredible winner in this one. You want to purchase this pay-per-view. It's going to be incredible. In the last press conference, you said that you will knock him out in two rounds. Do you stand by that statement? I stand by that statement wholeheartedly. Um, the first fight, I wanted to go in there and use my boxing skills and outboxing. It didn't work. No matter what people want to say, people say to me, oh, you boxing well last time. Why didn't you do that again? But he didn't win. And I'm about winning. So I class a draw as a loss. And he should too. Does he have, um, does he have the power so, to knock you out? I don't, I mean, I don't think so. You know, uh, within these, these several years of us being in the, in the division, you know, we haven't really seen that display. We've seen a couple, um, a couple of knockouts, but we haven't seen it like a continuance of occurrence, you know, like mine. Did you feel it in the last fight? I didn't. I, I mean, I still think Tyson had pillow as, as fist, but he's a, he's, a, he's a skillful fighter. You, know, you can't have it all. People say, I don't have skills, but I have the punch. Does he have pillow hands like you really said? <laughs> That's what I felt at the time, you know sure. what I mean? It's a drilling and rushing, all jokes aside, it's a drilling and rushing ring, you know, um, so, you know, we're all brave warriors, you know, we're all gladiators, and that will become the night of the fight to give your guys the best show of your life. And here you are, you have um, the, the two, one of the two best heavyweights in the world, we're putting it all on the line, you know what I mean? And uh, I'm excited to be here this point in time, man. You know, uh, with the strategies that they got coming up with, I, I just don't know how to take it. You know what I mean? I don't know if they're trying to throw, throw people off the game or, uh, you know, uh, come in and try to throw me off. But it's exciting to hear, and um, I'm looking forward to very ready to say. You most definitely are looking forward to it, that's for sure. In terms of training, you have, and you, you we're talking about power, so I want to go there. You've changed up your training staff, reunited Sugar Hill, uh, brought in Stitch Duran now uh, as your cup man. Why all of those changes? And I, I did hear Sugar Hill say something about working on power with you. So why did you decide to make that move before this fight? And how does one focus on, on power? Well, the thing is, is we're giant heavyweights. I'm six foot nine and I weigh 269 pounds or something. So. I'm just a little guy. And I've had, I've had 20 knockouts out of 29 victories. So, you know, I'm very capable of knocking people out. And from what my experience as an experienced campaigner in boxing is, when I fought somebody who had like four or five knockouts on the record, I thought, oh, this guy can't punch, walked right through him. I ended up getting dropped by the guy. Yeah, and then I fought old Doc Steelhammer with 60 odd knockouts, and he couldn't knock me out. And I fought him with all these knockouts, and he couldn't knock me out. You know, so when you underestimate another one's power, you usually come unstuck. But I, I'm happy he thinks I'm a man puncher, and it's fantastic, you know. But whether I am or I ain't a great puncher, because the, the statistics don't lie, he's a much bigger puncher than me. Uh, one punch knockout artist, that's what he does. But the thing is, is I don't believe anybody can match me with their heart and determination. I will put my iron will on Deontay Wilder, and we'll see. Listen, it, it can only go two ways. Unless we get a draw again, which I don't want and he don't want. It can only he win or I win. So I'm not afraid to go El Mono, El Mono with the biggest puncher on the planet. Biggest puncher of heavyweight boxing. When I knock him out, it's going to look excellent for me, isn't it? <laughs> Bigger prize. You mentioned the eye. You didn't answer my question. Sorry, what was the question? The question was, why did you make the change? Oh, why did I make the change? I felt that I needed to, uh, to change. I felt that I needed to get 
on edge, you know. If, if anything's going to help me win this fight, then I'm willing. This is not personal between me and these boxing trainers, me and the pump man, me and uh, the nutritionist. It's business. You know, and if I think someone else is going to improve my business, then I'm going to bring them in. And I have. I brought in George Lockhart, the nutritionist. Um, I feel like uh, he's doing something. Well, we'll find out February 22nd. We will. Uh, I, I brought Sean Hill in. We're working on some stuff in the gym. Um, what else have I brought? I brought in uh, Stitch Duran. Obviously, I got a massive cut in my last fight, so yes. I need someone who's very experienced with the cup game. So, yeah, I've made a few changes, but I'm still the same old G. Everybody knows me. They know what I'm going to do. They know what I'm going to fight. And they know I'm wearing my heart on my sleeve. So, yeah, there's not much that I can hide. It's not smoke and mirrors. I ain't just going to come in there and uh, be boxing like I like well to wait or all of a sudden come in there like uh, Deontay Wilder. Doesn't happen. Deontay? Is that eye a target for you immediately when that bell rings? Everything on his body is a target for me, you know. You know, everything that can be hit, that is uh, permittable for me to hit, I'm going to hit. Do you, do you think it's a mistake making so many changes in training? For me, you know, when you find a fighter like me, I think so. You know, I'm already unpredictable. You can't train for me anyway. You bring in so many of opinions. You know, everybody wants to, to be the head man. You have so many guys and so many trainers. Everybody got the remedy. Everybody got the the the, the, the right set of, of ideas of how to do this and how to do that. And, you know, with that, and then I can only imagine how the camp is, you know, so many different chiefs, you know. And, uh, but, you know, on the other hand, it, you know, on the other hand, it, it's, it's never a bad idea to have so many brains in me as well, you know. So I look at it, when I look at things and I see my opponents and how they try to prepare for me, you know, I look at it in two ways. I mean, I'm always optimistic, I'm an optimistic person anyway, you know. I don't, I don't look and say, well, I'm, un I'm, um, I'm untouchable and I, you know, I'll never be able to do this or do that or they're going to do this to me, you know. I, I look on both sides of the field, but, you know, that worry in me, that mentality that I have, that king spirit, you know, I fight with the ancestors. And, you know, with that being said, it's going to take a lot of more than just me to be able to come in and be with God that way. How would it feel to deliver Deontay Wilder's first loss? You know, I've beat quite a few undefeated fighters in my time. Does uh, this one have a little more weight on it? To be fair, whether they're undefeated or they're not, whoever is considered a good man at that time, whether he's got losses of his record or he hasn't, the victory is the victory. I'd take anyway. I'm sure you feel the you same know, way. Yeah, I'm sure every, every professional athlete feels the same way, for sure. Well, for me, you know, it's, I think with, with him, it's going to be, a, I mean, every, every fight, every victory, I've, I've knocked off a few um, undefeated fighters myself. But I think this one's going to be a little bit more special for me. Um, I'm, it's just because of the history that we have, the controversial draw. And, you know, uh, for me, I consider Tyson like a, a breath of fresh air. Uh, for me, especially in the heavyweight division, you know, because a lot of the other guys are just still, they don't want to open their mouth. They don't want to really just let themselves loose and, and, and have fun. And already it's such a dangerous sport. This sport is so dangerous. You know, this is the only sport where we've seen so many people lose their lives in and, 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 and you gotta enjoy it while we in it. And, and, and you know, I just try to find the humor out of this. It's such a dangerous sport and try to find the same people that have the same, you know, some type of sense of humor and be able to enjoy what we do. Because when it's the time
time night of the fight when that bill say ding, anything can happen. Anything can happen. You both seem to really enjoy your jobs. I'm curious if you enjoyed Deontay Wilder's performance against Luis Ortiz. Great performance. Uh, he did everything he was supposed to do. He knocks guys out and he knocked him out. Fair play. Um, you know, he took his time. I liked the way he was relaxing and not letting the rounds get under his belt, like the rounds passing. He was so relaxed and calm under the pressure. And I was impressed. Not by the knockout, because I've seen him knock plenty of guys out before, but the way he was conducting himself under, under pressure, like going back to the rounds, no, no frustration in the corner, like, I got it, don't worry. Respect for that. Because if I go, like, if I go a few rounds down, I'm like, well, he was like stone cold. Do you think that he can, you know, stand to lose a couple rounds early against you? Sure, he has the ultimate equalizer. It doesn't matter if you win 11 and a half rounds against Deontay Wilder with 30 seconds left. Do you think he can KO anybody? Do you think that you have to get things done a little sooner or that you have to, to do more against a guy like Tyson Fury for Fury in those early rounds? I mean, finding a fighter like Fury, you, you definitely have to be careful. You know what I mean? Uh, time go by so fast in that. <laughs> you're having so much fun, you're trying to do everything that you prepare and train for for the fight, and before you know you look up, it's the sixth round. Oh my gosh, the seventh round? Eight, you know what I'm saying? So, with a fighter like him and, 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 and what he brings to the table, you gotta, you definitely about to have to have awareness. You know, um, but still on the other hand, with me just being blessed with power, you know, for me, he, it would be his job to try to stay away from it. And you know, it's 36 minutes uh, up in there that he'll have to avoid. And I always say, you know, fighters have to be perfect for 12 rounds, they don't have to be perfect for two seconds. And, I, 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 and uh, I'm just grateful to have, to have that, that, that blessing of power, you know? Because I started, I started late, you know? I only started at 21 to gain skills and, and different things. I was always, you know, playing catch up with all my other teammates and all that. So, you know, with that being said, having power, it don't hurt at all, especially when you want to go home and have a, a good night and uh, end it quickly, you know. Um, power never hurts. Just like the staring contest, as you've said before, don't blink. <laughs>
uh, you know, you have a relationship with Ben, and you talked about how much that helped your mental state at the time and coming back and all that. Switching trainers, does that relationship carry over to the new trainer, or do you still not need that kind of help anymore? Yeah, he's babysitting me on a daily basis, Sugar Hill. He's uh, rubbing me back and uh, reading me bedtime stories and all that sort of stuff. The stuff that he's never had to do before. So, yeah, this is big-time boxing. So And, you know, my feet do need a little tickle now and again. <laughs> You know, when, you, when you're messing with a guy who's mentally unwell, then you can expect mentally unwell behavior and actions. So, yeah, you know, crazy stuff in camp. And lastly, Tyson, uh, this second round of press conferences and the second fight, you guys have been much more cordial, you and Deontay. Yes. Some barbs, but there seems to be a friendship, uh, respect there that wasn't in the first fight. What's changed between how you feel about the man from the first to the second fight? Um, you know, he's still the same old guy, same as me, and, you know, doesn't have to be all insults and um, and sentences all the time, going back and forth, each other ripping each other to pieces. You know, we're the both best heavyweights in the world at the minute, number one and number two. Um, you know, we're going to throw down, and the best man's going to win on the night, and there'll be no excuses from me, and there'll be no excuses from Deontay, and that's it. That's all she wrote. You said you only got three fights left, but when you don't have anything to do, you worry about your mental health. How do you stay out of the ring if that's the case, and what do you do to keep your mental health good after fighting? Well, I'm going to have these three fights and then I'm going to go and do what I do best. And that's masturbation seven times a day. Check out my uh, new lotion, uh, Easy Stroke by GK. Radio Raheem with Easy Stroke. Yeah. Gypsy King. Tyson Fury. <laughs> Tyson Fury. I can't emphasize it enough. These PBC Deontay Wilder fanboys are so stupid. They're so clueless about boxing. It is terrifying. On screen right now is a video I want all you guys to watch. Go to that video and go to the 39 minutes, 46 second mark. All right, 39 minutes, 46 seconds. Press play. And you're going to hear a Wilder fanboy call into this show and claim that not only was the first Wilder Fury fight one of the greatest heavyweight fights of all time, but he then goes on to claim that the rematch is going to break the all-time pay-per-view record for a heavyweight fight. What brand of crack are these people smoking? Seriously, that is not unusual for a Deontay Wilder fanboy. Dare I say it, it's the norm. That's how detached from reality these people are. To put it in perspective, he says that the Wilder Fury rematch is going to do more pay-per-view buys than Lewis Tyson. That's what this guy actually says. Now, the record for a world heavyweight title fight in terms of pay-per-view buys was Tyson Holyfield 2. That did just under 2 million pay-per-view buys. After that was uh, Lewis versus Tyson, which also did just under 2 million uh, pay-per-view buys. And then it goes on from there. But again, the idea that this fight, Wilder Fury 2, is anywhere near as big as those fights you must be living in some kind of fantasy world or something. 
Their first fight did, what was it, 350,000 pay-per-view buys? And you're saying this next one is going to do more than 2 million. Based upon what? Based upon the terrible numbers that Tyson Fury has done in the United States for his past couple fights and in the UK with pay-per-view. Terrible numbers. And Deontay Wilder has done poor numbers as well for his pay-per-view against Luis Ortiz in a rematch. But yet these Wilder fanboys are running around saying it's going to break the all-time heavyweight pay-per-view record. I keep telling you, the, the Wilder PBC fanboys are the most deluded, probably in boxing history. Certainly the most deluded fanboys I've seen in my lifetime. And I've been following this sport for over 30 years. I've been a hardcore boxing fan for over 30 years. I boxed myself. I've been involved and following boxing for most of my life, day in, day out, week in, week out, year in, year out. I'm a boxing man through and through. I know my stuff when it comes to boxing. I've seen so many great fighters come and go. I've seen so many different fan bases rise and fall. And these PBC Wilder fans have a reckless disregard for the truth and no grip whatsoever on reality. And this is just another example of it. So please go watch that video. Go to the 39 minutes, 46 second mark and just allow your mind to be blown by the outrageous stupidity of the caller. <laughs> Unbelievable. And these people think that what they're saying is the truth. That's the epitome of delusion. Unreal. So, yeah. The fact that they're having to hold a second press conference for this, and it's a second impromptu press conference for this Wilder Fury rematch because apparently the tickets are not selling well, that's not a surprise to me or you. But to the Wilder fanboys, they're going to try and spin some bizarre narrative of why they've had to have this second impromptu press conference. They'll try and spin some weird narrative to try and explain why it's happening. It's happening because the ticket sales are not going particularly well. That's why it's happening. Because we haven't got that long till the fight. So, so they have to have, have an unscheduled impromptu press conference to try and drum up more interest in it. Now, don't get it twisted. It's a good fight. I'm going to be watching the fight, absolutely. But let's not make it out to be something that it's not. It's not the undisputed fight. It's not the fight to decide who the best heavyweight in the division is. No, it's not. It certainly wasn't, you know, it's certainly not going to break any pay-per-view records. And the first fight certainly wasn't one of the greatest heavyweight fights of all time. What utter nonsense. It wasn't even the best heavyweight fight of 2018. There were better heavyweight fights in 2018 than Wilder Fury. Several of them. Wilder Fury 1 wasn't even a particularly great fight. It had some dramatic moments. The 12th round was a great round. But other than the 12th round, the rest of the fight was very, very average. It wasn't a great fight at all. These people, again, they don't have a grip on reality. And they've got a total disregard for the truth. Reckless disregard. So let me know what you people think in the comment section below, you good people. It's happening, I'm out.